welcome to the Star Girl podcast. This is going to be a discussion of season one, episode two, called Stripe. My name is Angie. And I'm Lucy. And let's get straight into it. So we talked about in our episode one review of the pilot how much we were, I feel a, a bunch of that episode was just me and Lizzie waxing poetic about how much we love Pat Bugan slash Stripe. And it feels like <laughs> the Lord heard our prayers and gave yes. us an, a full episode devoted to Pat. Uh, what did you think about this episode being fully devoted to one character, Lizzie? I mean, if we are going to get, like, honestly, at this point, Pat is my favorite character. I'm sorry, Cord. Um, so, like, if we were going to get a full Pat episode, there was not going to be a complaint here. But also, it feels like some of the best things about the DC TV universe have been grounded in family relationships. Like, mm-hmm. yes, there are some um, chips that have worked and have saved shows, but some of the best things have been Joe West and Barry Allen um, uh, and I, I and, and Jefferson and Black Lightning. And I don't think we have enough familial relationships that really carry shows. I mean... Um, the relationship between Barry and Joe is not the center of the Flash. And you could say in Black Lightning, the relationship between Jefferson and his daughters sort of is. Um, but in a different way, because they are related by blood. Um, mm-hmm. So to have this show be grounded in found family and then the family that they're going to create, because this is just the setup um, and then we'll go into this more detail when we get in, but at the end, when Corny basically says, like, I choose you to Pat, I was like, oh. uh, <laughs> Wait, uh-huh. and then imagine what we can do with 11 more episodes. I cannot believe that this is only the second episode and they have already given us so much when it feels like we waited so long for this show. And, but yet they're, they are feeding us. They are feeding my soul. Um, I was on our Twitter account earlier today, and we actually had um, some feedback from someone named Keenan Walker, who said, we needed another great DC dad. Joe West and Jefferson Pierce can't be the only two, which is like, boom, right, exactly what we were thinking. Like, because right. <sighs> it's great that like, you know, sometimes the relationship with the parent can be just a vehicle for exposition or like a vehicle just for humor and that's it. And it's very apparent right away that this relationship with Pat, like you said, is going to be so core to this show, even though he's not her biological dad, but just like the meaning of fatherhood outside of blood. Oof, I am getting chills just yes. talking about it. I'm so excited. So excited. And it feels like they're they're both going to learn from each other different things. Because, like, I think this episode gives us an idea of Pat as a superhero or as a sidekick. Um, Mm -hmm. And and it feels like he had a close relationship with Starman. But it also feels like Starman didn't really respect him as a sidekick. Um, I don't want to dunk on the old generation. But from the joke in the pilot about someone else has to, like, pick up this, like, but not you. Mm-hmm. Um, to the whole, I don't know, Stripe C thing. Like, who the hell would let anyone go around called Stripe C? 
Like, I feel like that's a knock on their friendship. Like, if you let your sidekick be called Stripesy, you're probably not a good friend. I'm sorry, <laughs> Sylvester. Um, but also, it feels like there is... Um, I'm sure we're going to learn more about Starman and Pat. Um, because I'm sure they were close. But, like, it feels to me like from Stripesy to Stripe, there's a big journey. Exactly. And... I think you kind of went into this a little bit, but there is such a huge difference in the way that Courtney views justice and Pat is viewing justice at the moment. There's like that generational divide in a way because Courtney is very like direct. She's saying like, there needs to be justice for what happened to the JSA. There needs to be justice for my dad. And I'm putting that in air quotes. And Pat's whole thing is like, no, because the last time this happened, people died. Like, my partner got killed. My, like, everyone on my team died. And it's Courtney who has to, like, flip that around and encourage him to be comfortable with making himself vulnerable again, even in a sidekick capacity, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. And, I mean, I think what Pat's going through is totally understandable. Like, I mean, he is into this new relationship, this new family that they're creating. Like, even separate from the superhero part, he just wants to protect Courtney. He wants mm-hmm. to protect Mike. He wants to protect his wife. Um, and he he sort of feels like, well, if we get into this, um, is Barbara going to be safe? Is Courtney going to be safe? Is Mike going to be safe? Like, am I the one causing their being in danger now like am i the one endangering them um so i sort of understand her his hesitation uh well courtney is just not like she has nothing like no filter at all she's like go and then she's two steps ahead before she even thought about it (laughs) yeah it reminds me um i don't know if you ever saw there was a meme that went around when the first wonder woman came out where it was like Diana, no. And then Diana just going for it. And she says, Diana, yes. It felt very much like that to me. Like she just, Courtney just always goes for it. Like when we were talking about the the like teaser trailer that we saw of her just leaping at a person who we now know is brainwave, just head first. And we're like, yeah. oh, that's probably indicative of her fighting style, but also her personality. And that is very much Courtney. And I thought that line was really funny where she, I think it's when she arrived on the scene with Brainwave kind of towards the end. And she's like, I'm Stargirl and that's my sidekick. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she feels very much like she is a superhero and she got there so quickly. Like she just, I mean, I think part of it is thinking that she's Starman's daughter. But she also made the leaps, like personality, like you said. And also, I remember when we watched that um, those clips before the show premiered, we thought that's probably like episode 10. And it was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Episode 10. It's like, Courtney will not wait. Yeah, they are, they are giving us everything right off the bat. We were talking earlier off the air, and um, Courtney's secret identity... Um, not really a secret uh people already know who she is in episode two like it didn't it didn't last long it wasn't like everyone pretending that they didn't know oliver queen was the arrow (laughs) um 
this was like I was I was surprised because we're more used to the secret identity like Iron Man is really like the exception that's not what superhero shows or movies are ever about so for that to be like it feels like we might get to a point where everyone knows except Mike and Barbara actually Mm. yeah it's usually the moms who find out last or something yeah I agree with that. And that's got to be so frustrating. Like storytelling wise, we have, uh, what, 11 episodes left. And how are you going to keep this a secret from mom for 11 whole episodes after this when she's already starting to run off in the middle of the night? Like the whole, do you remember while watching Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, how um Clark's excuses for why he had to like run off started getting really old really early like because he had to do it for at least two seasons and you're like this character has there's got to be a different way to go about this and I think it may get a little bit tiresome with Pat and Courtney trying to just hide things from the fam yeah what are you gonna say that it's Pat and Courtney if it was just Courtney it would be weirder but since it's Pat, too, it's easier probably for them to hide it. Um, because no one thinks you're going to go fight uh, super, like villains with your stepdad. So, like, sometimes I watch these shows and I'm like, how do you not know that's your daughter or your partner? But in this mm-hmm. case, like, if Barbara doesn't get it, like, they can come up with 20 million excuses that would be good. We're trying to bond. We're going to do this. We're planning a surprise for you. We're like, they have... Probably 20 million excuses they can go before <laughs> she lands on. Yes, they're fighting crime together. It's like, so when do you think Barbara will find out then? What's your prediction? I mean, um, we, we also talked earlier when we were off air about this whole Project New America thing. Um, and I think what's probably going to happen is that Barbara's going to end up, due to her job being involved in this part of Project New America that's going to end up having something to do with the Injustice Society of America. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's probably going to come a point where it all comes together and they're going to have to tell Barbara. Um, I don't don't think she's going to like suddenly figure it out. I think they're going to have to tell her because she's probably going to be in the middle of it without knowing what she's in the middle of. Mm, Yeah. I think Barbara is going to be, she's going to find herself in some sort of dangerous situation with the Injustice Society. And then Courtney's going to show up in, on the scene. And okay, regardless of a mask, that girl's hair is <laughs> so easy to spot. Like she has such like beautiful, like unique hair. That there's no way Barbara's not going to recognize her daughter, even if she's wearing a mask. Like, come I would on. judge her if she didn't. Like, that's one of the dumbest things about superheroes. Um, so I would kind of be like, and then usually it's not the mother who doesn't recognize. Like, they, they hardly ever put the mom in that situation. So I hope they don't give us, like, Barbara being like, oh, star girl, you look familiar to someone, but I can't imagine who. Um, mm-hmm. because that would bug me can we talk a little bit more about Barbara because there was a scene with Barbara that really like 
hit home with me as a woman because there's that scene where there's a meeting and she's trying to give like good suggestions, but she's just not being listened to, but she's trying really hard. Didn't that really just (laughs) make you feel like there is a woman in this writer's room? I know it because that is an experience we've all had. Yes, and I think it's an experience that men don't understand. Like, it just doesn't happen to them, so they probably don't understand it as a normal part of being a woman in any any professional situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I agree that they, there's clearly a woman or more than one woman in the writer's room. Um, I think we were talking about this earlier. This episode was not written by a woman. It was written by Jeff Johns. Um, Mm -hmm. But um, we did our research, and then there are at least four women in the writer's room that we know of. And I think you can tell. Like, even if the episode is credited to one writer, the writer's room sort of breaks down the episode, and then there are comments that can be made. And we really did need female writers to capture the experience of being a teenage girl mm-hmm. including um when you're a teenager you are often uh forced against your will to go to open house night right <laughs> at your school huh. now courtney on the other hand was really eager to go to open house night because she was trying to find brainwave and brainwave was trying to find her i thought there was a really interesting uh speech well, basically, like the entire time the principal talks in those open house scenes, it's very clear to me that they're setting up this whole idea of passing things off to the next generation because they're the future and that's a positive thing and this whole idea of legacy. And I think we're already we're already starting to see that play out with the different like in that room, you had that first generation villain of Brainwave and his son, and you had uh, Pat there, who was Stripesy, and Courtney, who's now Stargirl. Like, we're already seeing this being yeah. set up. I think it was really smart. Yeah, I agree. And then um, it is, I mean, after a while, it'll become funny, but you probably, like, it'll be in that town, there'll be how many superheroes first school how many superheroes <laughs> and supervillains in the same school yeah. after a while you'll be like wow this school is really something um because um we're gonna get wildcat we're gonna get dr midnight we're gonna get our man we're gonna get um dragon king's daughter we're gonna get icicle we're gonna get as you said there's brainwave jr um so there's just a lot and speaking of Junior, that's the character whose name we both forgot. <laughs> and oh, yes. Our um, review of the pilot the episode. It's on a brainwave? Uh, yeah, Henry Junior. Okay, Henry. We forgot. So, like, yeah, and we will probably forget again. There are a lot of characters. Not that in- There's, there are a lot of characters, and he's just not that interesting yet. There are just a lot. I wrote this down in my notes at one point. I was like, there's a lot of middle-aged white men on this show already, which is like not necessarily a negative thing because I think they're also making strides for women and people of color on this show too. But it's kind of, I think for me, it's kind of similar to when I was watching Game of Thrones and I really had to 
pay attention to which white dude was talking because yeah. I might like forget the name of that character because he looks similar to another bearded middle-aged white dude. I felt that with um, with Jordan and what's Brainwave's real name? His like human name? Henry? Henry oh, Senior. <laughs> I forgot Henry Senior. See, these names are so forgettable. <laughs> I mean, I think it's sort of interesting if you think about it that the bad guys we've seen so far are all middle-aged white men. Though, no. like, I mean, mm-hmm. that, that is, they are the bad guys of the world. <laughs> you know so, what? Um, we, we can kind of get political with this because if we think about, like, Jordan's grand plan for Project New America, to me, it sounds right. like negative uh, American political ideas that are happening even now. Like the fact that there needs to be a new America. Do we really need a new America? Do we really need to make America great again? Isn't it already great? Um, I'll stop there. <laughs> yes. Um, I agree. Uh, I think it's it's probably, I mean, it's subtle still. It might get less subtle as the season progresses. Um, but I think it's interesting now that, like, yes, there is, there are a lot of white men, middle-aged white men, and, well, the kids. But they are also mostly painted as the bad guys. We have not met, uh, well, I mean, we don't really know, but, like, most of the people who end end up in the new justice society of America that we can sort of tell are, I mean, there's gonna be three women. Mm-hmm. Um, and two of them women of color. So, I mean, we're not gonna complain about that. Definitely not. No. Um, the only think, yeah white guy is. Um, it's gonna be our man, the the our man junior or whatever the kid our man, whatever. How many juniors? Every junior. I can't believe I forgot. I literally just said Henry Junior, and I forgot Henry Senior. <laughs> this is truly going to be an issue for me. Uh, that that just says a lot. <laughs> I think like getting a little more serious with the Henry's do you, did you get the feeling that brainwave was trying to test his son yeah in a way that whole like tell me what I'm thinking scene that was like what yeah I think he what? was trying to somehow see if his son had powers or if the powers had awoken like I don't know if if it's a um you inherit the powers or something has to happen for you to have the powers thing or it worse if it's a, I'm gonna experiment on my son to see if I can get him to develop powers kind of thing. We don't know. No. Super villains are bad. So that's true. I, I wouldn't put anything past them, but it did feel like he was trying to get his son to be like he was disappointed um, mm. in his son. It's like like he looked at his son and he was like, "Oh, you weak." Um, but I imagine for all of them, like they don't know get a staff that's sassy and like has a personality and it's like you know what come come uh like Courtney does um they're gonna have to figure it out by themselves Mm. 
Yeah, and later in that same scene, I clocked a line that I think is going to come back into play later because Senior tells him, I told you before, you don't steal from family. And that really reads to me like something that's going to come up later. I I hope so. Like in the sense that um, as we're seeing the new Justice Society of America or the people who might become part of the new Justice Society of America and we have the Injustice Society, I would really like someone to just flip at this point. Mm. It's like it would be super boring if they were all what we expected them to be. So yeah, it's going to like, yeah, sorry. I know it's okay. It's just who's gonna be the character who ends up good when we thought it was gonna be bad, or vice versa. Yes, that's a, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, who's the character that's gonna go against their like generation? You know what I mean? Like, where they go in the opposite of their parent? Because that's so much harder to do. It's so easy to follow the path that your parents want, and obviously, like. A villainous parent wants you to be a villain. A heroic parent's going to want you to be a hero. But, like, there's going to be really juicy, like, opportunity for character work and story if the kid is going against the parent's wishes. Right. And especially if the parents are just, if there's a lot of pressure, like, we've seen a lot of superhero shows, and the pressure doesn't actually help. Um, So... It might push a kid to be the opposite of what his parent wants. Um, So we'll see. I mean, um, in general, this feels like this is still Stargirl, but it also could be Stargirl and the JSA. Like, it Uh feels like a JSA show. Which is so great. It is. It's, It's such a smart way to quickly just build up another universe for you to play in. So you don't have to rely on crossing over. Like, yeah, that would be fun. Like we talked about in previous episodes, but just setting up this huge world where you can, I mean, you can do so many seasons now of focusing on different characters. You can even branch onto different shows. Ah, it's so great. It's so much. And then there's like an eighties vibe to the, to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, not visually. Visually, the show is beautiful. I read that they were using some kind, the same technology that they used for the movies. And when mm-hmm. I read that, I was like, yes, that makes sense. I can totally mm-hmm. see it. And whatever the technology is, they did not give it to the Flash or to Supergirl. <laughs> or just, like, you can see the difference, can you? You really can. Yeah, like, we talked about how, like, it looks like a movie right away from episode one. Yeah, it's visually like it. I don't know what it is. I don't even know how to put it into words. It just feels like it looks better. Um, mm-hmm. And then the episodes are, yeah, some of the episodes are like the last episode and this episode, I understand, have some minutes of it or some scenes that will be cut from the DC Universe version to the CW version because they're a little longer than the CW version. So that that's something oh. to keep in mind. Yes, for us, because we watch the DC Universe version, but, but for you right. that you're listening, um, might be worth looking up what exactly was cut. Um, right, because we don't want to, like, spoil something for right. someone else. Um, yeah, yes. I didn't know that. But- but yeah, um, I read an interview with Jeff Johns when he was discussing just that. It's apparently mostly for the first two episodes. I think they might have 
had those locked before they decided they were also going to go into the CW. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, but there is not one scene in episode two that I would want them to cut. Like, cut one second of Pat and Courtney, and I will be angry. How dare you? We will riot. We will write. We will do a mailing campaign. <laughs> right. Don't you dare. We'll be mad. Um, <laughs> and then, um, despite the fact that we talked that this was a JSA show, I think it feels like it was a good decision to make episode two about Pat and sort of set up Pat and Courtney more than the pilot did because the pilot was more setting up Courtney and, and Stargirl. And then mm-hmm. I think episode two was setting up Pat and Courtney and their relationship and what it's going to be complete with training montage. That was kind of funny. Um, do, what do you think about that? Can I just tell you, <laughs> I, first of all, I love Johnny Cash. Like I unironically love Johnny Cash. I grew up with it. Like it's a very weird uh, tangent in my musical taste, but so there's one. Secondly, I love training montages already. Give me a good montage, even like a makeover montage. I am all about montages. And then thirdly, the fact that it was Pat in his robot suit in a field trying to make his little punch work. It was it was definitely my favorite moment of the entire episode. <laughs> it was super funny. Um, and I think the thing about Pat about the way Luke Wilson is playing Pat, is that he is not funny. He doesn't think he's funny. He's not trying to be funny. You're laughing. You're not really laughing at him anyway. You're laughing sort of with him, but he's not realizing that he's sort of like funny in an adorable dad way. He's such a dad. He is such... I wrote down um, at one point, I have a bullet that says, Love the exasperated cinnamon roll dad vibe. Right. That's exactly <laughs> it. It's like, oh, I was waiting for him to throw a few dad jokes in there and to be like, like, even when 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 they go back to the garage and then they're talking with Courtney, he seems to be like, it's it's all a dad vibe. Even when she's the one giving him a pep talk. Yeah, and she's the one telling him what to do too. And he's just like, okay (laughs) yeah he's like I'm just gonna like let you talk because I'm supporting you Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's it's just funny the dynamic between them really works um and I think obviously this is gonna be the, the thing that bonds them in fact I I would not be surprised to find them in five six episodes and have Barbara being like it's going on here. Like, I don't get it. Why are you now, like, buddy, Best buddy? Friend. Like, I, don't, I don't get it. Because yeah. you have no way of seeing how it goes from A to, like, A. She, she would. She only sees them at home. And, like, Mike, too. Like, I, I, I imagine Mike, who's... I don't know if we know how old he is. He seems to be, like, 11, 12, I'd say. Yeah. But I, 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 I mean, for Mike, he seems, like, super easygoing. But... He's also used to having his dad's full attention. Um, And then now he's going to have to share his dad with two more people. But also his dad is going to start paying a lot more attention to Courtney than Mike probably. Mm -hmm. For good reason. But I I imagine at some point that will be a thing that comes up. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Usually kids, like the kid characters are a lot more perceptive than the adults. So I think Mike is really going to be questioning what's going on even before Barbara starts to. Yeah. I, I also wonder, like, it, it seems like the show is a little more DC Universe in the sense that it is going to try to be more realistic um, than the shows that were developed for the CW. Um, in the DC Universe, that, that has meant that the shows have been more violent. I don't really see Stargirl becoming a really violent show. Mm-hmm. Um, but Courtney already got hurt. Like, it's not like it was super easy and she walked away and her no hair out of place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I like I'm we all know we've talked about this before we all know Pat's gonna get hurt at some point and we're all gonna like die and then Courtney's gonna cry and it's gonna be horrible yeah and you're gonna have to revive me with smelling salts (laughs) because that's not gonna be a good time for me how okay how have we gotten this far into our conversation without talking about her suit oh right her suit that she somehow like (laughs) fashion herself at school because she's gonna do everything at school we just i want to know i want to know what pinterest board she was consulting (laughs) to find how to you know sew together out of an existing costume a superhero costume that apparently no regular needle is going to work on um (laughs) right and then it looks like i know before uh, the show came out. We criticized the whole look of Stargirl a lot. Um, but also, she, she like, I would be super worried that if I fashioned a new superhero costume out of an existing one, it would be coming apart at the seams. I, I would be really worried. I'm also questioning because obviously I'm at this moment very far removed from being a teenager of that, like, of. I am nowhere close to 16 anymore, right? I'm like double 16. So is that silhouette, is that cut cool now? Like, are we missing something? Are the 90s still fashionable right now? The 90s are back. So actually, I feel like this was probably the best time to release that because um, I asked uh, a couple of my younger cousins the same question and they were all like, yes. That's cool. And I was like, oh my God, how have things changed? Um, So yes, apparently the 90s are back. Wow, I feel a thousand years old now. (laughs) (laughs) Your cousins for me because I feel like a shriveled old lady now. (laughs) I'm just ready to go into my golden years because I have no idea what teenagers like now. And and also... (laughs) Despite the fact that I we criticize the costume a lot, compare it to the version of Stargirl on Legends of Tomorrow, mm. who looked like she had a hoodie that she like taped a white star to. Um, and this costume looks very good. Like, good job on that, Courtney. I'm like, did Brainwave wipe those memories of that character on that show? Because, like, I remember not liking it, but I couldn't tell you what it looks like. 
I, it's just, it's gone from my brain. <laughs> that must no, be. And, and, and the staff, I just looked up a picture. Like if you Google her, the staff, like it all looks horrible. Oh God, the staff looks like a, a prop from like Hold on, now I'm 20 Google. years ago. I'm dying. What here. is that? Right? Like what is that? Is she top? wearing a sweater? No, no, no. Is this, what? How did I forget about this? <laughs> and what is that belt? Why is it one piece? <laughs> oh my God, I don't know. Okay, you know what? It definitely, yeah. Good on our star girl for at least it looks like it's not made out of what is what is what is she wearing? Is this yarn? What is what? what I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But also, yarn? like it looks like. Oh my god! It looks really, really bad. Um, it looks I, like something I would just wear comfortably around my house. Now that I'm working from home and no one has to see me. Pulling on a one-piece situation, kind of like a romper, I guess. Like, I would, I would wear this at home if I don't have to see anyone. I wouldn't right. go out and fight crime. And but ooh. not as tight as she's wearing it. Like, it just what is that like belt? I, I am not over this belt. What is happening? We have to put a picture of what we're talking about in in the blog post because I just I cannot I really must have been so upset at this that I just wiped my brain of it I can't deal with this what did you do Lizzie I don't I just yeah I I I had like a vague memory so I just looked her up and it was like it hurt me and like in the picture I'm looking at it even looks like the white star is coming off like did you just tape it like I don't even know but um Yes, Courtney, you look so much better now. Um, even if you somehow made that in school somehow, um, we have no idea how you manage that. But mm. go, girl. You know what? The the children are our future because they are way better at sewing things than we will ever be. <laughs> they really are. And I, I, I like how Pat is just like, oh, she did that. Like, he seems to be like, I don't want her to do that, but sort of resign as well. It's such a dad vibe, as we said. Exactly. Um, The other thing, I think there's just a couple more things that I at least wanted to talk about with you. That that, uh, move she did with her staff to put Brainwave in a coma that also somehow affected gravity... I don't really remember that from the comics or anything. Do you? No, I don't. Um, I, I think it's just a little of the show taking advantage of the gymnastics angle. Um, but it, it also looked really cool. It sure did. And it shows like how powerful the staff is like beyond our like comprehension of it. The fact that it could do something like that. Right. And then it's, it's easy to forget that the staff is doing everything or most of everything. Um, she doesn't actually have superpowers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she's but- just, uh, she's got a great attitude and can jump. <laughs> right. She's good at gymnastics and she's got a magic staff. And- yeah killer hair 
Like oh, her, her hair, hair is, is her superpower. superpower. Yeah. The, way, the fact that it looks like that, no matter what she's doing, even when she's fighting, that hair is super powered for sure. <laughs> I agree. Um, and then Pat's whole stripe thing, Bush is much like, thank you, Courtney. Thank you for making fun of him because he deserved it. Thank you for the new name because thank you because everything like if I had to call him Stripesy one more time. I swear yeah. to God. Um, and then um, it's kind of cool. At least he doesn't have like, uh, how are they going to try to fool Barbara if she has to come home and like get out of that suit? Like, it doesn't even look like it's easy to get out of it. How do you put it on? Like, it, it goes No, I don't know. Like, like, and then how do you put it on and your hair still looks good? Uh, but at least Pat doesn't have those problems. Yeah, is there a zipper in the back? There's got to be for, like, the top. Because with that kind of material, you can't... How do you right. pull that over your head, especially when you have that glorious mane of blonde hair? I, I have no idea. Um, There's no way her hair would fit through that, like, little neck hole. That, that just wouldn't happen. <laughs> I, I I hope there's answers for this at some point, because... I think, I, I think I'm thinking a little too hard about this, the mechanics of hair and superhero costumes. I mean, but, like, I was thinking about it, too. It's like, um, okay. And this is why we're friends. Yes. I mean, it just... I mean, and this is a Stargirl podcast, so... We had to discuss this. I think the other... The only other thing I really wanted to talk about was the Injustice Society headquarters and, like, the reveal of it. I think that was the last shot of this episode wasn't it yeah so the injustice society headquarters is under the american dream which is like if you're going back to what we were saying about the american dream and project new america potentially being a political metaphor the fact that solomon grundy is locked up down there um that's pretty telling i mean it just it, it this is the setup, but it it makes it feel like like Barbara's gonna be caught in that. She has to. Mm-hmm. So that's probably gonna like I kind of hope it's not like a season finale reveal. You know what I mean? Like I hope we yeah. get a few episodes to deal with it. Um, not like end of thirteen, and you're like. Especially because our lives have changed with the coronavirus. We don't know when we're getting fall TV. And then that means we have no idea when we're getting shows that are premiering now back. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I don't... It feels like we may have to wait a year. And we already waited a long time. Such a long time. <laughs> so, yeah. I... Well, let's end on a positive note. Oh. Um, the, the thing... One of the pot, like the exclamations that I wrote down in my notes too, was that Pat's files, his adorable paper files, have God. JSA classified stamped on the front, which I didn't notice until episode two. And I freaked out because I was like, oh my God, it's like my favorite comic book run of the JSA, JSA classified. Oh my gosh, it's on. Oh my God. <laughs> it was a cool Easter egg, but it also, it was like you were watching those 
like paper files. And you were like, Pat, you're so <laughs> old. Please get a scanner, Pat. Please, Pat. Like it would be so much easier for teenagers not spying on you and things like that. It's like, why are you carrying actual, like you moved. You could have just scanned all of that before your move and not carry a bunch of paper files across the country, Pat. Like he knows how to make a robot, but he can't figure out cybersecurity or like a Google Doc. Right. Right. Like, Pat, come on, you're better than this. (laughs) Well, is there anything else you wanted to talk about, Lizzie, with episode two? No, I think we, we've we sort of um, conveyed all we had to say. And I think, I hope we've made clear our love for Pat, which I feel will be the theme of this season. So just, so just as a warning to everyone. That we just, we love Pat. We may have to change the name of the podcast, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> the Pat Dugan podcast. <laughs> or we can just like form a separate like Twitter or like a separate fan club for the We Love Pat. <laughs> the Pat Dugan oh Appreciation Society. Yes. Yes. <laughs> PDAS. Yes. In the meantime, you can visit stargirlpodcast.com for all the latest news about the Stargirl show. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Stargirl Podcast as well. And remember to subscribe to Stargirl Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitch Radio, Google, Google Play. And while you're on Apple Podcasts, hit us up with some five-star reviews. Don't forget that we're part of the DCTV Podcast Network with podcasts for all the DCTV shows at dctvpodcast.com. Follow the network on social media at DCTV Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Last but not least, subscribe to our mega feed on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. DCTV Podcast also has its own T Public store. So if you're interested in DCTV related merchandise, click on the link in the show notes and get some awesome gear up as it does support the network so we can continue to make these podcasts. Also, if you have any questions, thoughts about emails at stargirlpodcast at gmail.com or find us on Twitter where we promise to reply. See you we later. Hope- definitely be replying and you'll also be hearing from us more often now that there are weekly tv episodes you'll definitely be hearing from us again soon